Christ. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for that which you are doing in the church. Thank you what, about what you are doing in the world. We thank you for your grace that is sufficient for us. We thank you for your anointing that breaks every yoke. We just give you praise tonight. We thank you for those who are joining us online, all over the world. We thank you because this is not reducing our impact. It's increasing our impact. We said everything, your word says everything works together for our good. So we thank you that more people, more people are having the opportunity to join us from around the world. But Lord, we look forward to when this season will change and we will have everyone able to come together like we should, like your word says, worshiping in the same spot. We thank you. We give you praise. We declare that as your word comes forth, that miracles are taking place. Healing, deliverance from every kind of ailment, every symptom, every fear. We arrest you. We drive you out. We say, be gone in the name of Jesus. We declare that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We thank you for revelation knowledge tonight. Father, we thank you that you said wherever your word is preached, that you confirm your word with signs, with wonders, and with miracles and the gifts of the Spirit. We thank you for everyone whose heart is with us in faith as we study your word tonight, that there is manifestation of your Spirit, even at home, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Welcome to Bible study. And um, again, we started studying. Thank you, instrumentalist. Hallelujah. <laughs> We started studying the book of Acts a couple of months ago, and we're just going to continue the book of Acts. Again, I did send a, a message that at the end of the service, if you want to ask questions, uh, this is only open to um, people who are in Love Foundation. Um, you can you can uh, ask questions by sending your question to the WhatsApp, which is the WhatsApp uh, messaging for the church. Or that one is not open to everyone. You can send it to Ed or myself. Pastor Michael or Pastor Bridget, I should be able to get um, it if you send it to my personal WhatsApp, which is preferred, or any of the pastors, if you don't have my personal WhatsApp. So we will take that maybe at the last 10, 15 minutes of the message. So today we are going back to Acts chapter number 10. Acts chapter number 10 is where we started studying a couple of weeks, maybe months ago. And we are going to just continue from there. Again, I want to join all our viewers, all our members who are viewing online or viewing from home. Uh, this is an interesting time. So we're doing what we need to do to get the word out. And we have prayed like we prayed earlier. And we believed God that changes have already begun to take place. Don't follow the news in the regular news media. Follow the news by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit knows what is going on and what will be. So don't be afraid. Refuse to fear. We've taught that a lot. Uh, one of the things the enemy tries to do in seasons like this is to bring fear. And the way he brings fear is by causing people to keep hearing negative news, by keep seeing negative things. Uh, but we can't afford to fear. We have to believe. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So it's important that you, that you, you stay with us throughout this season. Uh, uh, we're spending time to pray. We're having daily prayer meetings that you can uh, join online to uh, if you are connected to the prayer line, and then we're also spending time to study the Word. All right, so Acts chapter number 10, uh, it talks about the story of Colinius. I'm going to start from verse 1 again. Uh, we've, we've gone through some of those verses before, but 
would would focus on uh, you know a number of new things in addition to the things we've studied. So Acts chapter number ten from verse one, and it reads. I'm reading from the King James version. It says there was a certain man in Caesarea called Colinius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. Praise God. All right, a devout man, a man who feared God with all his house which gave much alms to the people and prayed to, the, to God always. Now, last week, I actually spent a lot of time talking about the importance of godly fear. I know that uh, we've been teaching fear not, fear not, fear not. Uh, but some people say, well, some fear is good. Well, it depends on what kind of fear you're talking about. What the Bible refers to as fear is to, to have dread, uh, to be afraid of evil. That's not the good kind of fear. However, there is a godly fear that the Bible recommends, and that's reverence. That's the kind of reverence that causes people uh, to, to stay away from sin, to stay away from evil, from doing what is right, from knowing that we are not just here by ourselves, and that um, God is, 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 is around, and, and God is Lord of all. That will cause you not to do things that you normally would have done if there was no God. The Bible says that the fool saith in his heart, there is no God. See, there's no fear of God in him. And so he just lives any which way he likes. But those of us who fear God, we, we, we order our footsteps in the right path. So he says again, verse, verse 3, he said, He saw in a vision the same man who was devout, who feared God, who gave uh, offering regularly. Um, the Bible says he saw in a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming in to him and saying unto him, Colinius. So the angel knew his name. Praise God. He didn't say, hey you. He said, Colinius. <laughs> so whatever we are doing here is, is obvious to the things in the spirit, to God in the spirit realm. And when he looked unto him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? And he said unto him, thy prayers and thy arms have come up for a memorial before God. So in this verse, we also see that it's not just our prayers, but even our giving as speaks volumes. You see, and now send to Joppa and call for one Simon whose name, whose surname is Peter. He lodged with one Simon Etana, whose house is by the seaside. Again, we see that God knows our address. Praise God. And here he said the guy had a house by the seaside. Ocean view. Praise God. And he shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. Verse 7, And when the angel which spake unto Colinus was departed, he called two of his household servants, and a devout soldier of them which waited on him continually. And when he had declared all these things unto them, he sent them to Joppa. So it's obvious that his soldiers knew he was a, a believer, because he told them what he saw, and said, Look, go to this place and search for this guy called Peter. Verse 9, this is where most of our teaching today would start from. And on the morrow, as he went on this journey and drew nigh unto the city, Peter went up upon the house top to pray about the sixth hour. And so we see here Peter taking time from the general place, taking time from everybody. And the Bible says he went to the house top to pray, meaning that uh, he had to take time from distractions to pray. One of the things we want to learn, we have studied that also too, is the importance of quiet time. Meaning that it's not all the time you have to be with all your friends or with the family, with the television on and the vacuum making noise and the dog barking. You need to find a quiet place to pray. 
And Peter did that. He went to the rooftop because it was away from all the distractions. And he spent some time to pray. And the Bible says that he became very hungry. So he may have spent some time there. And would have eaten. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance. Uh, some people jokingly say that he was so hungry, he began to see vision. <laughs> now, if you have not been for a while and you have been praying, it's possible to see a vision. Now, one of the things that happens actually when you pray and you fast, which is probably what he was doing because the Bible says he was hungry, is that you become more sensitive to the Spirit. Uh, there's a higher tendency to see visions, to see revelations, to hear the voice of God, to get directions. That's one reason why we spend time to fast and pray. Because oftentimes when you are so busy, so distracted, you're talking to everybody, watching everything on television, uh, being on Facebook, and your phone is ringing off the hook, it's, it's not very easy to hear God. Because you, the voice of God gets drowned in all of these distractions. So that's one reason why you take time off. That's one reason why you spend time away from food. To fast. It's not like fasting pressures God to do things. Uh, the things that we are asking God for, really most of it is already done, if not all of it. And what we do when we fast is that we, 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 we put ourselves in a position where we can hear God better, where we can be more sensitive to his, for his voice. And so here, Peter was hungry. He had been praying, probably fasting as well. And then uh, he fell into a trance and he said that he could have he would have eaten, but the food was being prepared. So he, he, he was still at the heart stop, you know, maybe fell asleep and began to see a vision. Then and he saw heaven opened and a certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth. So he saw something dropping down from heaven like a sheet with, with, with uh, uh, four corners uh, tied up and being lowered down. Uh, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth, and white beasts, and creeping things, and fowl of the air. Now, if you know um, the Old Covenant, you know that they were instructed not to eat certain kind of animals, because they said uh, the Bible said it was not clean, it was unclean. However, the Bible says here, even though they were instructed, and this is just the transition time after they just got into the new covenant. Jesus had just died or exorated not too many years after that. And you can tell also that at this time, they, they were still not too acquainted with some of the principles of the new covenant. Because Jesus said to them, there are certain things I want to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you unto all truth. He will teach you things that to come. He will reveal things to you that you did not know. So here, they were still, very, they were still in the infancy of the new covenant. So here, uh, Peter um, received this vision. As you would know, um, and then there was all these animals, the things that they called unclean, animals they couldn't eat, like pigs. Today, so many people still don't eat pork. They don't eat bacon. They say, well, it's against the law of scriptures. Uh, many don't eat uh, 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 frogs. And <laughs> I know some people are going to get offended some of these because we are told that the coronavirus came from uh, people who were eating bats. Some people say, how can people eat this kind of stuff? Snakes! And, and they showed this... Uh, uh, this market in Wuhan where they said the coronavirus started from and they were selling all kinds of things. Now, I do not recommend you eat all kinds of things, uh, dogs and snakes, but the Bible says clearly that it can be eaten. Uh, it, all you need to do is to sanctify. The word sanctify means separate it 
uh, uh, for, for good by prayer and the word. So there is nothing that is blessed that cannot be eaten. No animal, praise God. And we see it as we continue. And there came a voice to him and said, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice spake unto him again the second time, What God has cleansed, that call not thou unclean. Praise God. And this was done thrice, that's three times, and the vessel was taken up again into heaven. So here, uh, one of the things I believe the Holy Spirit was teaching Peter is not just only about meat that we eat. Uh, we'll see as we continue. Now, he was talking about the fact that not only the Jews have been given opportunity to be saved. God, uh, which at a time seemed to have separated the Jews from the rest of the world and focused on the Jews. And so the Jews called the rest of the world Gentiles because they didn't have a covenant with God. God was saying to them that that is changing now. That has changed now. So don't call them Gentiles. Don't call them unclean anymore. They have just as much access unto God just like the Jews had. And let's continue. Verse 16. This was done thrice, and the vessel was taken up again into heaven. Next verse. Now, why Peter was doubted in himself, what this vision which he had seen should mean? Behold, the men which were sent from Colinius had made inquiry of Peter's house and stood before the gate, and called and asked whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, was lodged there. When Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Praise God. Arise therefore and get thee down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. So we must remember again that Colinius was not a Jew. He was a, a, an Italian a man. You see, he was in the Italian band, praise God. And he was, he was a man who at that time was actually stationed in Jerusalem um, for the, because they were occupying the, 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 the territory of the Jews. And there were people that... Uh, the, the centurions were people that the Jews didn't really care much for because they were persecuting them, oppressing them. But this man, the Bible says, was a devout man. I personally believe that the guy was one of those who uh, were, were around when Jesus was being crucified. Now, the Bible doesn't give us that description, but you can always add your imagination to what the scripture is saying, as far as it's not outside scriptures. Because the Bible says that when many, when they saw him, that when he was being crucified, how he, he was so bold and he said, unto thee I give up my spirit, and there was earthquake, and the head, earth became dark. Some said, surely this must be the Son of God. Some of the centurions said that, and I think he was one of them. So he had gotten born again and secretly serving God, began to give some money to the Jews, began to help build their sanctuary and spend private time prayer in prayer and worship. And the Lord revealed himself to him and said, send for Peter. Now, one of the questions people ask me is that why didn't the angel just speak to Peter himself? Uh, the answer is simple because Angels are not given the authority to preach the gospel on the earth. Only sons of God are given the right and the authority to minister to sons of God. Amen. Human beings are the greatest and the most powerful creatures that God created. Uh, many people today still worship angels. They think angels are in a higher level. Some people say when some people die, they become angels. My point is that why would they become demoted? Angels, the Bible tells us in Hebrews, it said they are ministering spirit and sent to minister for the heirs of salvation. Meaning that angels are supposed to have created for us. In short, if you read that verse properly in Hebrews 1, it said all angels. Say, are they not all 
ministering spirit, you know, for the to minister for the heirs of, heirs of salvation, meaning that meaning that all angels were created not only to serve God but to serve men as well. And that's a very, very powerful thing. So here, the angel had not the authority and the right to preach to Colinius. He had to send to, for Peter. Peter was the one who was given the right. So what does that also mean for us today? We can send angels to preach the gospel for us. Amen. We can say, angels, please go and preach to them in Saudi Arabia. Preach to them in uh, Upper Marlboro. Preach to them in, in Italy. No, we have to go. The Bible says, instead, pray the Lord of the harvest that he may send laborers into the vineyard. You said, what a great privilege. The angel was there. The colonials could see him. The angel could have just told him about Christ. He said, but send somebody to Peter. And he had to send someone. It took about at least a day's journey. The next day, the Bible said that's when they got to where Peter was. And then if you continue to discover, they slept with Peter. And then the next day, they traveled. So maybe like four or five days. And these people were waiting for the message. We can imagine how important it is for us to take the gospel to other people. God has no other means to reach out. God has nobody else to preach to your neighbor. Nobody else to preach to your boss. He's not going to send angels. He's not going to send, you know, uh, spirits. He's, he's, he has to look for someone to carry the message. And that's why many people are not saved. Because nobody has spoken to them. Of course, there are many who have heard the gospel and did not receive it. But I'm also talking about some who have never really heard the gospel properly. There are some people in remote areas. There are some people in countries where they have not had opportunity to hear the word like we have. And there are some people even in our busy streets that came in and didn't have the gospel. They didn't have the opportunity. Now, somebody shared a testimony with me not too long ago, which I also mentioned in church, about somebody who had come in from another country. I think one of these... Um, um, Asian countries to study in the U.S., stayed here four years, went to school, hung around believers, and then went back. And when he got, got back to his home country, when he landed on the airport, somebody began to talk to him about Christ, and he gave his life to Christ. And the thing is that what he says is that he just came back from the U.S., four years, hung around Christians, not one spoke to him about the gospel. And he had to go back to his own country where the gospel is not as prominent as you would think is in the U.S. And then somebody preached to him. Now, many of us have friends. Some of us who are watching, we have friends. We have colleagues at work. We have uh, um, neighbors. We have people who we ride on the bus, on the train with. And we just assume they are saved. Uh, or we think that because they are in the U.S. or they are in a, a, a nation where the gospel is very pre prevalent, that somebody has spoken to them personally. Not everybody. There are some people who grew up in homes where they didn't go to church. They grew up in places where the gospel wasn't preached. Nobody shared the gospel. At best, they just heard it from afar, like one religious thing people do when they, when they, when they are tired and they go out on Sunday. But those of us who are in, in church, we have to realize that it's a very important responsibility that we take every opportunity to share the gospel. In short, if we read this properly, we discover that angels will like to do this thing. If they had the chance, if this angel was given the right to share the gospel, he would happily have shared the gospel with Colinius. But he did not have the right. And he had to go all the way. He had to send someone all the way to go get Peter. And Peter sleeping because he was hungry. Praise God. And yet someone was looking for him just to hear some words. How powerful is the gospel? They had to travel at least four days, two days, 
two and them, two days probably froze just to hear what Peter had to say. And these are the same gospel, the same word that we hear, that we have, that people are sitting around us. They don't have to travel for this. Some of us, we are just sitting there with them on the train or in the car, or in the bus. And that, most of it is not happening right now, but, but we know what I mean. Praise God. <laughs> so the next time it opens up and you have to travel with someone in the train, take the time. Take the time, share the gospel. Have a trap in your pocket. Say something about the gospel. Open the conversation. But say something. Do you believe in heaven? Do you believe there is a hell? And let the person speak. Most of these open-ended questions can help you determine what people believe. And also in this time where there is a lot of fear, this is the time also to ask questions like, do you believe there is going to be one world order? Start from there. And then share the gospel that the Bible says this is going to happen in these last days. There will be perilous times, there will be earthquakes and pestilences. But salvation is not in uh, World Health Organization. Thank God for what you're doing. But true salvation is in Christ Jesus. And we need to take the opportunity to preach the gospel. Verse 21. Then Peter went down to the men which were sent unto him from Colinius and said, Behold, I am he whom ye seek. Which is, what is the cause? Wherefore ye are come. And they said, Colinius the centurion, a just man, and one that feared God, and of good report among all the nations of the Jew, was warned from God by a holy angel to send for thee unto thy house, and to hear words of thee. They just sent for him to hear words. Now, if you are in this church, we keep saying that the words are so powerful. The word of God is so powerful. It's more important than ice cream. Praise God. More important than cake, more important than rice and chicken. Uh, here, somebody had to send some day's journey just to call someone to speak words, the words of God. Bible said the word is life to those that find them and health and healing to all their flesh. So you can say right words to people and the, the words will heal them. We, we bind, we, we mend their broken hearted, their broken hearts, will we'll, we'll help their marriages, will help their health, help them to be at peace. More important than putting the physical bondage. So the words of God are very powerful. And that's the reason why uh, they sent for Peter, just to hear the words. And sometimes, because some of us are easily acquainted with these words, we hear them every week, we hear them in church on Sunday. Sometimes we can trivialize them. We just think, oh, wow, great preaching, preaching pastor, pastor, oh, pastor teach, taught very well. But the truth is that the Bible said there are kings that would have wanted to hear what we hear. There are noble people who would have wanted to hear what we hear, and they didn't have the chance. You can imagine this guy, Colinius. He was a rich man. He was a, was a highly placed uh, a military man, and he just didn't know the gospel. And God had to tell him to send for Peter to bring him these special words. Let's continue. Then he called them in and lodged them, and on the morrow Peter went away with them, and setting brethren from Joppa accompanied him. I just want to also mention that one of the things we notice in the New Covenant a lot is the fact that people were led of the Holy Spirit. Very important. Peter was sleeping and then saw this vision. And not only did he see a vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, uh, some people are at the door. They are looking for you. Go with them. Don't ask too many questions. Praise God. So it's important we recognize that in the New Testament, we are required to be led by the Spirit of God. Some people say, how do I hear the voice of God? Yes, you should. Train yourself, study the Word, listen to the Scriptures, listen to God speaking to you, and you will begin to hear more specifically, more clearly uh, what God is saying. 
And it could be the difference between life and death, between an accident and getting home safely. It could be the difference between making money and staying poor. If God could tell Peter, somebody is waiting for you downstairs, can he tell you, hey, go invest in this particular business? Of course he can. Can he tell you, this is not the guy to marry, run for your life, praise God. Or can he tell you, yes, this is the right person. Don't waste your time. So if you can hear God clearly, then you can be led by the Holy Spirit. And as New Testament believers, that is one of the responsibilities and privileges we have to be born again and filled with the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is not just something we get for the shakes. You know, thank God for the shaking. Some people need to be shaken up. But the truth is that one of the major things the Holy Ghost comes to do for us is to teach us, to guide us, to lead us, so that we can hear clearly, know what God is saying, know where to go and where not to go. And here, Peter was not only going just because he was pressured to go, but because the Spirit of God said to him, follow them, don't ask questions, don't, don't worry about it. Verse 24, and on the morrow after they entered into Caesarea, uh, and, they, and on the morrow after they entered into Caesarea, the next day they, they got into Caesarea, and Colonius waited for them and called together his king's men and near friends. Hallelujah. And as Peter was coming in, Colonius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. Now this is very key. One of the things God said to us, especially in this church this year, especially, and those of you who are listening may have been in the last uh, leaders and church workers meeting, I said that God wants us to begin to have gospel parties. Praise God. This is a very good model for it. Now, the angel appeared to Colinius and said, send for Peter and let Peter come and teach you the gospel. But Colinius did not just sit by himself and say, well, let me hear it first. When they sent them to get Peter, guess what he also did? He sent messages to all his family members, his king's folks. He said, listen, somebody's coming and bringing the gospel. Come and join with me and his friends. So they had a full house waiting for the word of God. And I believe that's one thing God is wanting us to do for outreaches. Um, I know that all of this uh, social distancing is coming to an end very quickly. Amen. And so we can get back to proper fellowshipping, both in church and in house to house. And I've already instructed that we should plan gospel parties. Celebrate your birthday. Celebrate your child's dedication. Celebrate your anniversary. Celebrate the day that... Uh, um, you bought a new car, throw a party for that, but not just for the party's sake, but because you want to win souls. Invite people to come to your graduation, invite your friends, your boss, you know, and I said that if you need help, the church will be ready to sponsor, help to sponsor if you want to, so that we can use it for outreach. We need to have gospel parties. They invite someone to preach, someone in church. It doesn't have to be pastor. Someone who maybe are even acquainted with some of your friends. And give them at least 15 to 20 minutes or 30 minutes to share the gospel and to ask people to get born again. And most people wouldn't come to church if they don't know anybody in church. Most people won't go um, to, to a crusade except somebody encourages them. But many times they will come to a house of a friend. They will come to a, a party of a loved one. They will come to a graduation ceremony. Money. They will come to a birthday party because you invited them to come. So let's begin to use these things to win souls. That was what Colinius did. Amen. He didn't just sit down and get the word by himself. He invited them. I'm sure there was some food and drink uh, around, but uh, the important thing was that they were gathered together and that they, had, they came to hear the word. Verse 26. But Peter uh, took him up, saying, Stand up, I myself also am a man. This is also important. The Bible says in verse 25 um, that when he got there, uh, Colinius, because the angel had said to him, Go send for Peter. 
He thought, this, this must be someone very special. If the angel asked me to go and send for Peter, then Peter must be someone really great. So as soon as Peter came, he fell on his face and said, began to worship Peter. Peter said, no, no, don't worship me. I'm a man like you. You know, if it were today, some people would say, yeah, 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 crawl, crawl a little bit further. Let's see how far you can go. Now, what I'm saying is that sometimes people uh, become so proud and so, so high, uh, high, highly exalted that sometimes they get out of proportion from God's word. And they tell people to kneel down before they talk to them. They tell people to worship them. Uh, I don't believe that's gospel, the gospel way. Each time we see in the scriptures where people knelt to worship uh, men, the, you know, the believers said, no, don't do that. Now, I'm not talking about not honoring. Of course, sometimes bowing down and kneeling may be an act of honor. But there's a thin line between that and worship. You know, worshiping means that you begin to uh, put all the attention on that person rather than onto God. Uh, we represent God. The Bible says we should give honor to whom honor is due. But um, here, the man was worshiping Peter because he thought Peter was, must have been uh, a deity apart from him. Now, we are deity. The Bible says we are members of his body. We are partakers of his divine nature. But so also uh, was Colinius if he received Christ. And so um, we should not exalt ourselves beyond measure. That's what Paul put it. He said, he said that so that he would not exalt himself beyond measure by the multitude of revelation, um, uh, a thorn was given to him in his flesh. Or something that kept reminding him that, look, you're not different from anybody else. Uh, you, can, you can face the same kind of challenges, the same kind of problems. And that was to help him be, stay humble. Now, maybe if Paul was, didn't have the tendency to be proud, he may not have needed a thorn. And so people who are proud uh, oftentimes need thorns to keep them humble. Praise God. So if you keep having a thorn, maybe you need to repent of <laughs> and, and, and come down from the high horse. You know, I went to preach somewhere one time. Um, well, one of, one of the daughter churches, after I ministered, there was a lot of miracles. People got healed. People got saved. And at the end, of course, they usually give an honorarium. So uh, the pastor knelt on his feet and, and, and gave me an honorarium. I said... Don't do that. I mean, I understand your honor. That's the essence. But we are pastors together. I came to help you. Uh, if you really want to honor me, just honor me. Just increase the money. Pray. <laughs> Thank God for that. But the kneeling and the worship, that, that belongs to God. Praise God. So he said he has never heard that before. So he stood up and we hugged and I took the money that he had and we had fun. Praise God. So in essence, um, there's a place for honor, but... Uh, some of what people call honor almost uh, tends towards worship. And we want to be able to distinguish the difference between honoring the man of God or worshiping the man of God. Honoring God and worshiping God, which is right. Uh, but people of God, God says we should honor them, but not worship them. Amen. And as he talked with him, verse 27, he went in and found many that had come together. So many people had come together uh, in Colinia's house. And he said unto them, Ye know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come into one or of another nation. But God had showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Praise God. And this is very, very key. Um, if we are going to minister to people effectively, we have to stop discriminating against them. You know, uh, in this church, Love Foundation, we talk a lot about um, love and that there's, there's no difference in the races. 
that in, in the Christ Jesus, there's neither Jew nor uh, Greek, there's neither bound nor free, neither male nor female, neither black nor white. But one of the things I've noticed oftentimes, sometimes without maybe deliberate action, just by habit, people tend to gravitate only towards people of their kind. Uh, blacks end up reaching out to blacks. I don't know what is really black, just that some people are darker than other people. Uh, sometimes the white, light-skinned people tend to hang out more with the light-skinned folk. Uh, Asians try to hang out more with Asians. Hispanics try to hang out more with the Hispanics. And when I was coming to this country, one of the things that troubled me, I read an article that said Sunday morning is the most segregated hour in the United States. And I thought that was really unfortunate because the church ought to be the binding uh, place. People go to work together. The Asians, the Hispanic, the, the African-Americans, they go to church, they go to work together. Many of them now at least go to school together. But unfortunately, many times on Sunday morning, the African-Americans go to African-American churches. The whites go to Caucasian churches. The, the Asians go to Asian churches. That should not be the case. We ought to integrate. It shouldn't be a case that you are trying to gravitate towards a particular race. It should be because of the Word of God, the anointing present, and the leading of the Holy Ghost. I know some people find it difficult if you are the only black person in an all-white church, all-Asian church. Forget it. The skin is just a part of the covering. The real person is the spirit inside. And if you are the only white, just enjoy it. If you are the only black, enjoy it. And if you stay there long enough, maybe some other people of your race will come in. Don't look for the ones that look more like you. It only trends towards more segregation. And that's not the way the church should be. There is no Asian church. There is no black church. There is no African church. There is no American church. There is no Hispanic church. I know sometimes we still call those things, but it's wrong. We should stop laboring it. That is a type of racism. Praise God. Praise God. So if you are in a place and, and the next church, the closest church to you is, is, is an anointed church and they are all Asians, attend. It doesn't matter where you come from. Stay there until the Holy Spirit leads you somewhere else. Amen. If you are, if you are Caucasian and, and you find a good uh, uh, church pastored by an African-American and the Holy Ghost wants you to be there, stay there. It doesn't matter how many people of your race or type come in there. And I, I, like I've said often time here, there are all kinds of racism. There's black racism, there's white racism, some blacks are racist, some whites are racist, some Asians are. But we shouldn't be in the body of Christ. And that's what Paul was, uh, Peter was saying here. God says, don't, don't, don't call other people common. Don't call people names. Don't, don't, don't tag other people by reason of their race. Even if they are not born again, we shouldn't look at them as different. We should see that from one blood, the Bible says in, in Acts 17, God made every race. If you take away the skin, the in, everything behind is just about the same. Praise God. The color of blood, we don't have white blood, African-American blood, Caucasian blood. It doesn't, it doesn't exist. The, the, the skin color is just, is just pigmentation. And, 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 the, and this, the, the, the texture of the hair depends on where you came from. Uh, Africans have kinky hair besides they can withstand the ultraviolet rays in, in hot sun. <laughs> that's the same reason why you have the pigmentation uh, that's dark uh, because of the melanin. But all of these things are just skin dead. So we want to make sure we don't relate to people by reason of their color or their race. Some people say, well, they act differently. 
Some don't know how to dance. Some know how to dance. It depends on where they were raised. I don't think those things are really genetic. If you raise a Caucasian guy in, in, in Africa, he will dance like an African, eat like an African. He will know how to make the African moves. Praise God. So it's just the way people were raised. So we don't want to use that as, um, as a yardstick to relate to people. So God said, don't call some people common. Don't become racist. Amen. Don't look down on people. And it may not just be a matter of color. There are different kinds of segregations. People have class segregations. Uh, people think they are too rich to, to relate to some other people. The scriptures specifically teaches us not to be that way. Uh, even if you're a billionaire or a millionaire, uh, re be free to relate to everyone. Don't treat some people like, you know, you can talk to me. You're not you're nobody. And don't, don't use those kinds of words. In short, one of the very great, uh, one of the very powerful expression of humility is how you relate to people who other people may look down on. If you have a, a cleaner or, or, or uh, a maid in your house, the way you treat them is an indication if you are humble or not. You should talk to them like, like respectable people. Know their names. Relate to them as you would with a friend. You know, and, and some people don't realize that these are, these are very important virtues of a Christian. And we have to be able to relate across races, across social backgrounds. And even if somebody is having a problem, out of work, no job, uh, doesn't smell really nice, don't, don't treat them like, like, like feel. Treat them as important people. Amen. Uh, some people are discovering that it's very easy. Um, some people are just one or two paychecks away from living in the streets in many developed countries. So somebody is in the street may just, you know, may just have had an unfortunate situation. And so we don't want to treat them down. And especially in this time, two people are going through challenges. And some people are saying there may be a serious uh, financial backlash coming after the shutdown. Uh, we want to become one another's keepers. We want to love people. We want to help people. It doesn't matter what race. We want to go beyond the, 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 uh, the separations and the, and the bickering and begin to be, be love beings and use what we have to be a blessing to everybody else. Everyone say amen. amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know you can shout at home, right? Say yeah. Amen. And clap your hands and rejoice. I'm acting like I'm seeing you. So just act like you are seeing me also. Amen. Because you are. Amen. 29. Therefore came I unto you without gainsaying, and as soon as I was sent, for I asked, therefore, of what intent you have sent for me. And Colonia said four days ago, so it was four days now, I was fasting. So he was fasting as well. Until this hour, and at the night hour, I prayed in my house. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing. So we can see the way angels appear. Angels doesn't always come with big wings and, and, and tall and huge. The Bible says there are very many big, huge angels. But I think that there are some, or at least they take the form of man. The Bible actually tells us that we should be wise in how we entertain people because sometimes, unknowingly, we could entertain angels. So what he saw was not a big giant with wings. He just saw a man with, with, with white clothing, shining, praise God, shining clothes. And he said to them, said to him, send for, send for Peter. So angels are around us. Praise God. Angels are around us. Some people say, well, don't they see angels? Some people have seen angels. They just haven't recognized it. I believe I've seen one. Uh, my wife also has given a testimony to us once or the other time that she has also experienced 
uh, ministry of angels. I've, I've had some, some encounters, I believe, with angels. Actually, one I saw actually just disappeared. But there was one time myself and my family was traveling, traveling in this uh, we, we were in uh, Europe, we were in Europe, in France. We didn't know the language. We decided to take a family vacation. We are all in one car trying to get to Paris. Uh, and this time in the middle of the night, it was somewhere around 10, 11 midnight, very dark. We were going, and this time was just when the GPS started, you know, people started using the GPS. So I wasn't very familiar. None of us in the car was familiar with the, with the GPS, how it works. But we just took it and we were driving. That's the only thing we had for direction to where we were going. And while we were driving, we, we, you know, we got to a point where the GPS just went off. And we were in the middle of what we call nowhere. It was dark, no place. We didn't know what next turn. This was on the highway somewhere in France, 11 p.m. in the night. We didn't know the language. The question is, what were we going to do? How do we navigate to where we're going? So we kept on driving until we saw a kind of intercession. So I said, well, maybe there's somebody around. So we, we pulled over, we stood, we were looking around. There was nobody. So I said, maybe if I entered, walk into that intercession, I will find someone. Uh, maybe we can ask them where to turn and stuff. As as we are going, the car just pulled up. Um, uh, of course, a white lady. I tried to communicate. Of course, I couldn't speak French and uh, you know use hands and and then um, she 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 pointed. She asked, looked at what was in my hand. She pointed to what it did. I showed her it was the GPS. She just said, "Give it to me." She beckoned. I mean, I couldn't understand what she was saying. She didn't say anything. She just beckoned. So I gave it to her. She just punched some things into it and then gave it back to me. I looked at it. It was it was working back on. So I just said thank you. And as I rushed back to the car to, you know, to try to say this is what happened. She was gone. Praise God. She was gone. In the middle of the night. We had like like ten of us in the car. Nowhere to go. Very dark. And we couldn't even understand the language. God sent us an angel. Amen. Praise God. And it was it was it was eerie, but it was good eerie. Praise. <laughs> it was good eerie. And we found where we were going to. We finally got to our destination through the GPS uh, somewhere after twelve midnight or one o'clock. And it was very, very graceful. And so people have under, have encountered angels they didn't know it. Uh, that's just one of them. I've had other experiences as well. And so the Bible says we should be careful to entertain strangers, people we don't know, people who come. Sometimes they don't even act like people who think with shining clothes. Some may even uh, take the form of a poor, uh, you know, uh, needy person. And so we want to be wise uh, to, be, to, to, be, to look out and, and, and to be kind to everyone because uh, there may be possibility of entertaining angels. But what is even more important than entertaining angels is entertaining people. Human beings are sons of God. So even if it's not an angel, if you do it to a child of God, Jesus Christ said, you're doing it unto me. Matthew 25. Amen. So let's continue. And, and, and said Colinius, thy prayer is head and thy arms are had in remembrance in the sight of God. So we see now also from the scriptures that your prayers don't just go into the air. Neither is your giving forgotten. There is a record in heaven. Say amen. amen. It, comes, it comes back. No seed is lost. Even seeds that you sowed 10 years ago, God remembers them. Not too many Christians know how to make a demand for their seed, uh, but we need to know that God keeps record of our seeds and we can be blessed. If you read the book of, of, of Genesis, the Bible tells us how that uh, Jacob had made a vow that if he gets to where he's going to, and God takes care of him, he was going to give God 10%. Now, many years passed. I don't know exactly how many years, but we know it has to be at least 
14 years because he served 14 years for his wives. You know, he served seven for one, he was deceived, and he served seven for the other one. So now he was he was serving his uncle Laban, and, and he had made a vow 14 years ago, and then an angel appeared, angel again, and said, I'm the Lord of better, where you made a vow. So the, the vow he made 14 years earlier was what, at least 14, maybe more, is what helped him to become rich. So God does not forget a seed song. You may make a vow now, make a building fund vow, make a vow for the kingdom, make a vow to give, and you sow it. And then 10 years down the road, door is open, supernatural uh, manifestation, favors come because of the seed that you sowed. So it's not every time you just sow, next week you receive. The Bible says uh, in these last days, the reaper will overtake the sower. So you can sow and instantly you get, you get fruit. But there are some seeds that you sow that comes back 10 years later, 5 years, 15, 25 years. And the Holy Ghost will let you know that that seed has been working for you all this while. Amen. Verse 32. Send there therefore to Joppa and call he the Simon, whose son name is Peter. He's lodged in the house of one Simon, Iltana, by the seaside, who, when he cometh, shall speak unto thee. Immediately therefore I said unto thee, and thou hast well done that thou hast come. Now therefore are we all here present before God's. To hear all things that are commanded thee of God. Somebody say amen. So why were they gathered? To hear, to hear, to hear, to hear. Not just to see Peter. Not just to be happy that Peter came. Some people are so interested in just the fanfare that they miss the word. People go to church and they just come to shake hands and clap and, and hug people, which is all important. Fellowship is important. But then, uh, during the word, they are busy. Some are texting, some are uh, distracted. But this guy knew why Peter came. Peter didn't come four days just to shake his hand. Peter didn't come just to show up. He came to bring words. Because the word of God is God himself. And so when you come to church and in times like this, uh, you want to pay attention to the word. You want to stay away from distraction. You want to take a pen, a paper. You want to get your Bible out. You want to be focused. If this guy gathered his family, waited four days just to hear words, how much more we that have the opportunity to hear it every day. We want to take it seriously. And so he knew where the emphasis was, the word of God. Verse 34, then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Somebody say hallelujah. That's a very important verse of scripture too. The Bible says God is no respecter of persons. Meaning that it doesn't matter who the person is. Some people think some people are just specially favored, specially anointed. Oh, I wish I was just like that guy. I've had some people say, hey, you are not just an ordinary man. You are, oh man, you are, you are something else. But the Bible says God is no respecter of persons. It's true that there are different callings and different anointings, but the truth is that everybody is as important as everybody towards God. And anytime people will serve God, will fear God, will respect God, they will receive the same benefits of grace. That's why I like the Bible says, when the Bible says it's by grace through faith. Through faith. It says such that the promise is sure to all of Abraham's seed. Once you can walk by faith, you can receive anything that grace provides. And that's one reason why when I read Hebrews chapter number 11, I don't skip, skip the part of Enoch. The Bible says, by faith, Enoch 
was taken away and he did not see death because he believed. And the Bible says God is no respecter of persons. If Enoch could believe and overcome death, guess what? You and I can do the same thing. Or else God will be a respecter of persons. It means that he has this special uh, part for some people. And even though you believe the same thing, you can't receive the same re result. If it was not in Hebrews 11, we would have said, well, maybe that is not, is not included in faith. But the Bible tells us that amidst other things that people receive by faith. And the Bible says that it is always by faith that it might be by grace so that it can be sure to everyone who believes. So once it's a matter of faith, we know we can receive it because God is not a respecter of persons. If you believe God and, and believe what his word says and apply your faith like the word of God teaches us to, you will receive the benefits of faith. And that's grace. Amen. Amen. So God doesn't care whether you are black or white or Hispanic or Asian, whether you are tall or short. It doesn't matter your, your shoe size. If you trust God, God will bring his word to pass. He, will, he said not one dot or speck of his word will fail. So prosperity is not because of the color of people's skin. It's because of the color of their minds. If you think black, you think poor, you think weak, you will receive like that. So that's why I usually say, don't think like everybody else. You say, Pastor, you don't understand. Yeah, because you came from another country. Those of us here, we have, we are, you know, there's prejudice against us. People, people treat us wrongly. Yeah, if you believe that, you will receive it that way. You can change. You can decide to change the way you think. You can begin to see yourself as favored. You can begin to see yourself as a child of God. You can disengage from your past. And engage with God's presence. Praise God. The Bible says if you are in Christ, you are a new creature. All things are passed away. That means that your history is erased. Your past is erased. Where you came from has changed. You are now from heaven. And you can enjoy life as citizens of the kingdom of God. So don't see yourself like everybody does. And that's why even in this situation that's going out, out there, some people are afraid, they are worried, they are concerned. Some people are acting as if the thing doesn't affect them at all. They are acting like they are from heaven. They are not ordinary human beings. Because they are not. They are sons of God. The Bible says, now we are the sons of God. He said, we are from above. We are not from beneath. So we shouldn't fear what people, earthlings fear. We shouldn't worry like ordinary people worry. Because we are citizens of heaven. And in heaven... Everyone has immunity against coronavirus. Hallelujah. In our, in, our, in our kingdom, there is no sickness, no disease. There is no poverty. There is no fear. So why do we come here and act like people who are here? We are here on assignment and we refuse to suffer the same things natural people suffer. And so it, it, it takes faith, a mindset based on the word of God. One of the things I've noticed is that many times people say these things, they read these things, Sometimes even preach these things just that they don't believe them. And because they don't believe them, they don't act like it. But we are sons of God. Amen. We are not ordinary folks. And we shouldn't live like ordinary folks. We shouldn't suffer like ordinary folks. Of course, when you cut us, we may bleed. But we can be healed. Somebody say hallelujah. And better still, we have protection from being caught. Amen. Yes, and we see things like woofering on, 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 on television. Uh, these are people's imagination. But the Bible says God is able to do what? Exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or imagine. So yeah, we can receive miracles of healing. We can receive supernatural grace of God. 
All right, let's try to get to a few more verses before we close tonight. The Bible said, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceived that God is no respecter of person. But in every nation, every nation, he that feareth him, now we come back again to the fear of God. He that feareth him and walketh righteousness is accepted by him. Let's repeat that verse again. He said, But in every nation, he that feareth God, feareth him and walketh righteousness. You fear God and you walk in righteousness is accepted by him. Somebody say, Hallelujah. The word which God sent on the chin of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. Who is Lord of all. So here, uh, Peter was saying again that now he knows God is not a respecter of person. Anywhere, it could be in Africa, it could be in Europe, it could be in the United States, if you would reverence God, if you would fear God, if you will walk righteously, God will accept you and you will walk in peace. You will walk in the peace of God. And I know some people think that success and prosperity is in a geographical location. If I can just get to the U.S., I will make money. <laughs> there are people who are here uh, suffering, sleeping on the bridges, begging for money. So the place success is not in the geographical location. Uh, some places could be more helpful than others, uh, just like education can be more helpful from people than other people. But the real success of the kingdom comes from believing God's word and responding rightly to God's word, which is the Bible calls faith which is also what we call the fear of God. Now, in rounding up, we won't be able to go into more verses from this chapter. I just want to remind us some of the things we studied last week, and I'll take a few questions if there is, and we'll close. The Bible talks about fear of God. Uh, the Bible says there are two kinds of fear. There's the godly fear, and that there is the ungodly fear. I know that most of the time we emphasize on the, the fear not, which means don't be afraid of things. But I just want to re-emphasize again tonight that uh, when the Bible says uh, fear not, it's talking about don't fear other things. Don't fear anything. If there is anything that you fear, which is actually faith, it's the same law, uh, is that you should have faith in God, respect God. Fear God, revere God, and you won't fear anything else. Now let's look at a few verses. Um, hallelujah. Let's look at um, Luke chapter number 12. Luke chapter number 12. I think we will just start from verse 1. Luke chapter number 12, verse 1. Okay, it said, in the meantime, when they were gathered together in innumerable multitudes of people, there was a large crowd, insomuch that they trod one upon another, he began to say unto the disciples, first of all, beware ye of the living of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. We just talked about that. One of the things that people do is that they say these things, I'm a believer, I'm a child of God, and then... Uh, corona shows up and they take off. <laughs> so that's hypocrisy. Because if you say you are, you have the anointing of God, uh, that doesn't mean you should put yourself in harm's way. But you should not be afraid. You shouldn't fear anything. You shouldn't fear sickness, disease. Uh, you should be led by the Holy Ghost, but there should be no fear. Amen. Amen. And the Bible says, and from verse 2, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. Therefore, whatsoever ye have, ye have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light. 
So how do you make sure that you don't, nobody knows the wrong things that you're doing? Don't just do wrong things. Don't do it in the dark, right? Anything you say in the dark, what the Bible says will happen, it will be heard in the light. So just realize that anything you are doing in, in, in secret, there is a camera watching you. There's, there's a floodlight right there. <laughs> it will eventually come out unedited. Praise God. <laughs> Therefore, whatsoever ye have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light. And what that which ye have spoken in the ear in closets shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. Housetop means on television. Let's continue. And I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body, and after that have no more that they can do. But I will forewarn you whom you shall fear. Fear him which after he had killed it, had power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Somebody say hallelujah. So he said, don't be afraid of people. Uh, thank God for leaders. Thank God for governors. Thank God for president. Thank God for military folks. But the Bible says that's not where you should put your fear, your reverence. Your real reverence should be to God. The Bible says we should give honor to whom honor is due. But he's saying here that we should have the fear of God. Somebody say amen. We studied last week that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. That fear of God is reverence to God. One of the things you discover the scripture says over and over again is that if you fear God, you will not fear people. If you don't fear God, then the fear of people will be in your heart. It's almost as if you have a choice. It's either you're going to fear God or you're going to fear things. If, you, if your fear is, is, is directed towards God, which is faith, your reverence, your, your love, you will not be afraid of anything else. Because the Bible says, if God be for you, who can be against you? If God is with you, if you have a relationship with God, what can you fear? There will be no fear. So the reason why people are so afraid of things is because they have not revered God. There is no faith in God. There is no fear of God. In short, in the Old Testament, it's repeated over and over again that the people who don't do right is because there is no fear of God in their hearts. But if you revere God, if you reverence God, if you love God, if you worship God, and the fear of God is in your heart. There will be no fear of man. It, it's, it's all over the scriptures. The Bible tells us about the fact that Joseph uh, was being tempted to commit adultery. And one of the things he said is that he could not do this against God and against his master. And so he was not afraid of the master's wife, even though he knew she had power to, to deal with him if he refused. But he, the fear of God was bigger than the fear of what the master's wife could do, or even the master, because when, he, when, he, when the master came back and the wife lied, uh, he got into trouble. But he was happier going to jail than, than sleeping with the master's wife, because the fear of God was bigger than the, the, the negative thing that the master could do to him. So the, when, why people compromise is because they fear men more than they fear God. God says, don't do this. Man says, you must do this. And because they, were, they are afraid, their fear, their reverence is more towards men, they tend to do what men say instead of what God says. I teach this in my house all the time. Uh, there, is a, there is a hierarchy in my house. Praise God. Uh, the Bible says, let the younger submit to the older. And since I'm the oldest in my house, <laughs> I'm, I'm the dog person. I don't use the word dog. Amen. So, um, 
if somebody in, in, in the younger one sends another younger one and, the, and dad comes and says, hey, go and do this. Don't try to tell me and, and show me why, they, why you need to do what somebody else told you to do when I'm giving you an instruction because I'm older, first of all, amen, and I'm the dad. So what I say overrides everything. You can't be afraid of, of my, one of my children and, and then you don't fear me. I mean, talking about the right kind of fear. So when I say, okay, forget what that person said, do what I say, uh, what I say usually stands. Amen. The same way, if God speaks, it doesn't matter what anybody else is saying. You have to revert God's word more than everybody else because he's the top God. Amen. So there's no other God before me. <laughs> there's nothing else to fear. We, 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 we read um, last week about uh, in Hebrews, Sorry, in Exodus, about the Hebrew women. The Bible says the king said to them, kill the Hebrew sons. But the Bible says because they feared God, they did not respect, as it were, what the king said as much. Instead, they preserved the Hebrew sons. And when the king asked them, they said, well, these Hebrew women are so strong. We don't really have to do much. Before we came, before we come, they give birth. And the Bible says because they feared God, God gave them homes. They had big houses, families, because they feared God. The Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Now, one of the things people think is that God is so kind, we just do everything for anybody if, if the people like it or not. But as we study scriptures, we see over and over again is that those who fear God, that's what uh, Colinius said, you know, uh, Peter said concerning Colinius, anywhere in the world, those who fear God and walk righteousness usually get blessed. Amen. So even if you know God and you don't respect him, you don't fear him, there is no uh, guarantee, there is no way the Bible says that you're going to get blessed. So the Bible tells us we need to revere God. We need to respect him. We need to treasure his word. We need to, we need to, we need to obey his word. We need to submit to God. The Bible says all things work together for good. Not for everyone. The Bible says but for those who, are, who love God and are called according to his purpose. So it's for those who love God. Jesus said to them in St. John 14, If you love me, keep my commandments. And then he said, And then uh, you will be loved of my Father and we will come and manifest ourselves to you. So it's very, very important that the fear or what you may call also the love of God is, is anchored in our hearts. Amen. There are many scriptures I would like that I'd like to read, but I'll just mention some of them. You can go and read um, um, and, and study them. Maybe we'll continue from there next week. Uh, the fear of God is the same uh, invariably as the faith of God. Let's look at Psalm, uh, Psalm 56, verse 4. Quickly, we just may look at one or two of them and then we'll put the other ones down. Uh, also write down uh, Genesis 22:12 and Psalm 27:1. He said, "In God I will praise His word. In God I will put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me." That means if you put your faith, your trust in God, then you will not fear what man does. So fear and faith is often you know, in contrast, it's either you are believing in God or you are fearing uh, what men do. If you are afraid of what's going on in the circumstances, it means that your faith or your fear is not towards God. Um, pull up one 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 eight verse six to Psalm one hundred eighteen verse six. Very similar 
are taught there as well. Amen. It says, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear what can man do unto me. So how are you going to avoid fear? It is to put your trust in God. I know this thing is going out there. People are saying, oh, fear not, fear not. Some people say, I, I don't want to fear, but I'm still afraid. And they see themselves jittering. But one reason is because they have not built their faith in God. There is no fear of God in their heart. And as you begin to revere God, reverence his word, study his word, obey his word, the fear of God grows up. And, and it begins to become established. And once the fear of God is established in your heart, you will not fear others. Amen. And this fear can be learned. You can actually learn the fear of God. Uh, I put off Deuteronomy 6, 12, uh, 2 and eventually 8, 6. Move very quickly. I want to round up. Just look at some scriptures. You can learn the fear of God. Deuteronomy 6, 2. That thou mayest fear the Lord thy God to keep his statutes and his commandments, which are commanded this day, and his sons and his sons, sons, all the days of your life, that thou that thy days may be prolonged. Well, look at verse 1, verse 1 and 2. Now these are the commandments and statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God command, commanded to teach you, that ye may do them in the land wherein ye go to possess it, that thou mayest fear the Lord thy God. So the commandments are given to teach you so that you can fear the Lord thy God and to keep his statutes and his judgments, which are commanded thou and thy son. So you have to teach it to your children and thy son's son, even to your grandchildren, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. So why did he give them the commandments? To teach them to fear God in obeying these things so that they will have a good long life. Look at chapter 8 of the same Deuteronomy, verse 6. Chapter 8, verse 6. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of God. Therefore thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and to fear him. To fear him. Keep the Lord and to fear him. But I'll just give you the others. Okay, pull up 10, 12. The same Deuteronomy 10, 12. Hallelujah. So when you have the fear of God in your heart, there will be no fear of man. And now Israel, what do the Lord thy God require of thee? But to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart. And with all thy soul. Now Jesus quoted some part of this. He said, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your might and your strength. But look at it again, verse 12. Now, and now Israel, what doeth the Lord thy God require of thee? But to fear the Lord thy God. So it starts from there. To walk in his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart. With all that, so one of the things you study, we won't have time to go into all those verses now. That one of the ways that shows you fear God is to serve God. Serving means to do what He says, to obey Him, to follow His instructions. And here He's saying that's what God requires: to love God with all of your heart, to serve Him all every day of your life, and that's how prosperity and blessing comes. We we'll look at two more verses of scriptures, and then we'll pray. Um, I look at the same Deuteronomy since you are dead. Just look at chapter 14, verse 23. And after that, we look at Ecclesiastes 6, 12. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter number 14, verse 2-3. Many, many scriptures are one on the seas, but no, we're out of time. It says, And thou shalt eat before the Lord thy God in the place which the Lord thy God chose to place his name, 
the tithe of thy corn, of thy wine, and of thy oil, and of the firstlings of thy heads and of thy flocks, that thou mayest learn to fear the Lord thy God always. So this was one of the laws he gave them concerning tithes. There were different kinds of tithes. One, he said that you ought to bring it to the house and then feast with it in the house of God. He says they do all of this to fear God. So one of the things that is required to teach you to fear God is to tithe. Tithing teaches you to fear God. Amen. So people who don't tithe don't fear God like they should. So it's the one who has that reverence for God that separates the first ten and says, God, this belongs to God. God says, the first, the tithe is mine. He says, he says don't, touch, don't touch the tithe. So it is the reverence for God that causes people to give God a tithe of whatever they receive. Uh, Ecclesiastes 12, 13, we'll round up with that. And again, if you have a question uh, and you are in church, then you have access to the to, to the WhatsApp, my WhatsApp information, you can send it there or send it to Pastor Bridget. Um, if there are questions, we would be more than happy to answer it directly. Or, you know, or ideas or comments, I will spend a few minutes. He said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Somebody say amen. So why are we here? To fear God and keep his commandments. We are not just here to get an education, to have nice clothes. Thank God for all of those. Those things are part of it. But the whole duty of man, the most important, the basic duty of man is to have reverence for God and to keep his word. So we take some time to just pray in a few minutes. And I'm going to be praying for those of you watching also online, watching at home, watching by television. And if you have any uh, ailment or you have any challenges, we're going to be, I believe God, the healing anointing is here. And you will be healed even right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity to share your word. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for your healing anointing. Now that the whole world is, is talking about sickness, people are dying in great numbers. Father, we know that you have not stopped. You are Jehovah Rapha, our healer. And everyone and anyone can be healed today of, of every kind of sickness. Coronavirus is popular, but there are also many other sicknesses. Cancer is killing a lot of people. So also is hypertension and, and heart diseases and, and all kinds of ailments. But today we thank you because by the stripes of Jesus we have been healed. So I stand in the name of Jesus against every manner of sickness and disease. Satan, I rebuke you. Loose your hand in the name of Jesus. Be healed from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. I command the symptoms to cease. I command the pain to go. I command the fear to go. Fear, lose your hand from, from everyone watching this uh, program right now in the name of Jesus. Be healed from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. I command your body to receive a warmth right now, the anointing that brings complete restoration. Every ailment be gone. In the name of Jesus, be healed in your eye. I can see someone who had some cataracts uh, being healed right now in the name of Jesus. Your eyes are clearing out. You can see clearer. Begin to rejoice. There are many other miracles taking place. Yes, all kinds of problems. Mangreditos, gehilesha, pandonia, growths disappear in the name of Jesus. Pain, be gone. Back pain, be gone. Every kind of infection, lung infection, pneumonia, Loose your hand in the name of Jesus. Be healed from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. In Jesus' name. I come against the spirit of fear. 
that come against the spirit of fear, the spirit of torment. Loose your hand right now in Jesus' name. Be healed from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet in Jesus' name. And Father, we give you thanks. Just rejoice. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We rejoice. We rejoice. Hallelujah. Thank you for miracles. Thank you for miracles. Thank you for healing. Thank you for your grace in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And if you are watching, I know some people may have been invited to join us tonight. And you have not given your life to Jesus. It's very simple. The Bible says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And all you need to do to be born again is to ask Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. And if you want to do that, you can just say these simple words with me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. I believe in my heart that you died for my sins. I confess with my mouth that you are the Lord of my life. Today I'm born again. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you made that prayer and you give your life to Christ, uh, you can send a comment. You can send an inf your information if you want your email address on the YouTube uh, comment or wherever you're watching it from. We're going to try to reach you, get you materials that can help you grow. And if you're not in a good church, find a good church. As soon as the church is opened up or maybe where you're watching from, the churches are still open. Go to church on Sunday and fellowship with other believers. If not, find a good church or find a good fellowship and get hooked up. Or join us again uh, next, next on Sunday and next Wednesday at the same time uh, for Bible study here. We're glad that you came and we're glad that you joined us in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you are giving at home, there is uh, an opportunity to give. The, the information should be showing on your screen at this point. You can give by PayPal by just going on our website, lovefoundation.org. Or you can give um, with Zelle if you're in the U.S., uh, the simplest and most recommended way to give is Zelle because it comes straight uh, to us, comes straight out of your account and, and there's no time lapse in between. So if you just uh, give through that phone number, um, Zelle, it will go straight into the church account. And believers, uh, brethren, in this time where there is a lot of challenge financially, I want to encourage you to give. It makes a difference. It can set your future after the impact of the crisis to make sure that you keep having financial flow. So uh, if you are in church or a member of this church, don't hold back your tithes and offerings. Even if you are not able to come out, uh, there is an opportunity for you to give. And don't forget, giving is more or less for the giver than for the one who is receiving. The Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive. So the one who is giving is actually the one who is receiving a higher level of favor. So again, like I said, if there were any questions, I was looking out to see if there were any. I don't see any, so... Uh, we're going to close. And don't forget, um, we will be streaming live again on Sunday. And um, uh, hopefully soon enough, I believe in the next uh, week or so, we will have this thing lifted that people can come out in large numbers. And then we will, everyone will be able to come back to church. And I'm expecting that as we are coming back to church, we're coming with friends and people who have hooked up to us online who we didn't even know we are watching. And, uh, but don't spend the time just laxing around. Spend time to study the Word. Spend time to pray. Uh, stay as safe as possible. Be, be, be hygienic. Wash your hands regularly like we are being advised to do. And stay away from places you ought not to be at. Uh, if the government says stay at home, then stay at home. If you are an essential worker, uh, um, then be where you should be. Amen. And I want to say that I believe spiritual workers are essential workers too. So uh, if you need to pray, go pray. If you need to minister to someone, there's provision for people who are out there to help someone in need. 
So um, you can you can actually uh, go help someone by preaching them to the gospel. That's more important sometimes than giving physical food. I know there's so much hype, which is good to help people physically. We should. But more important is to give the food that does not perish. That's what Jesus said. Again, I want to thank you for joining us. All our members, we're glad that you're able to join us online. I look forward to seeing you again uh, very soon. Don't forget, we're continuing our prayer time every evening for the next couple of days till Sunday. Uh, join us again at 8 o'clock tomorrow night uh, on the WhatsApp, not on the streaming, on the WhatsApp, um, on the phone line, the prayer line, not the WhatsApp, the prayer line for, for time of prayer. All right, let's just go ahead and say a final word of benediction. Father, we thank you for everyone who's giving, who's giving online, who's giving here. Uh, we receive your offering in the name of Jesus. We declare it blessed, multiplied back to the sower. We say this season where the enemy is trying to steal jobs, steal finances, destroy families, we declare that their own finances will be intact. They will be able to pay their bills, able to do what they need to do, and they will have even more this season than ever before for you have said that there is going to be wealth transfer in these last days so i declare that as we give good measure press down shaking together and running over shall be pressed into our bosom according to your word in jesus name and as we go we say surely your goodness and your mercy follows us all the days of our lives and we dwell in the house of the lord forever and ever Amen. Thank you for joining us. See you at the same time uh, during the week on Sunday. Have a blessed week.